The Lord be with you. And with, and with your, your spirit. spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus said to his disciples, You have heard that it was said, An eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I say to you, Do not resist an evildoer. But if anyone strikes you on the right cheek, turn the other also. And if anyone wants to sue you and take your coat, give your cloak as well. And if anyone forces you to go one mile, go with them also the second mile. Give to everyone who begs from you, and do not refuse anyone who wants to borrow from you. You have heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, so that you may be children of your Father in heaven. For he makes his sun rise on the evil and on the good. He sends rain on the righteous and on the unrighteous. For if you love those who love you, what reward do you have? Do not even the tax collectors do the same? And if you greet only your brothers and sisters, what more are you doing than, they, than others? Do not even the Gentiles do the same? Be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Once the Civil War ended, Abraham Lincoln wanted to help the South get back on its feet. But many people were upset, saying, they are our enemies. They should be destroyed. But Lincoln would say, how can I better destroy my enemies than by making them my friends? In today's gospel, Jesus says, love your enemies. Basically, make them your friends. He says, turn the other cheek. And if someone sues you, give them even more. Lend to everyone. Pray for those who persecute you. And last but not least, be perfect? What is this? How is this humanly possible? Would Jesus ask us to do something if it were not actually possible? Everything that Jesus has commanded us at first glance seems irrational. But what Jesus says is not irrational, it's super rational. God's logic doesn't operate according to the logic of this world or to the logic of our minds. Jesus practiced what he preached. He was struck on the cheek before the high priest and didn't fight back. He was rich in heaven and left to become poor on earth. He loved others and was hated by many in return. He offered the excuse, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. St. Paul reminds us in Romans, while we were enemies, while we were yet enemies, God loved us. So the point is that we are never going to do what Jesus did until we change the way we think, till we think like God does, super rationally. 
So I want you to ask yourselves, is my current way of thinking helping me become a better Christian and live a happier life? Would I prefer to think like God? Or am I addicted to my own way of thinking? Now the word repent has gotten a lot of bad press over the years, you know, with uh, preachers on TV and people standing on street corners. Repent, repent. But the true meaning of the word comes from Greek, which means to change your mind. And also from Hebrew, which means to turn around. It's only when we put the two together that we get the full meaning of repentance, to change your mind and to turn around. The only way to become like Jesus is to think like him. Proverbs 23 says, as a man thinks, so he is. This is so true. You think about raising your arm first, and then you raise it. It all starts in the mind, and none of us are born believing. We have to make a decision to believe, and it, that all starts up here, and that's the real battleground, right? As I grew older, <clears throat> I remember I, I began to believe more and more, but a part of me was playing it safe. I was becoming double-minded. I had one foot in church and the other on a banana peel. I wasn't loving the Lord with all my mind. My own experience proved to me that I could not succeed without controlling my thoughts. I wish I had listened to St. Paul who said in Romans, or said to the Corinthians, I quote, take every thought captive and make it obedient to Christ. And you remember how Jesus rebuked Peter, saying, get behind me, Satan. You are thinking not as God does, but as human beings do. Jesus says today, be perfect. And we think, can we be perfect? I don't know. But we can try to be perfect. And how can we honestly love those who rub us the wrong way? By using our mind. It starts here and then it moves to the heart. I used to th believe that I couldn't help what was stirring around in my head. I didn't have any idea that I could use prayer and scripture to cast out negative thoughts and immoral thinking. That I didn't have to own everything that just fell into my head and let it roll over and over in my mind. You know, thoughts like, I'm never talking to them again, or they'll never change, or I'm never going to forgive them for that. Notice how the devil always starts with the word never. So now, the minute I become aware of what I'm thinking, I just say, no, not going there, and I ask God to hit the brakes on my stinking thinking. I don't let it in, no negotiating. It's a decision, and it takes practice. We need to be consciously aware of our thoughts and question them. We spend a great deal of time alone, most of us, so our mind is our only companion. What do we think about? What do we talk to our minds about? When thoughts come in, we need to ask, is this from God, the devil, 
or my own human weakness. See, the enemy will sneak up on us and try to put stuff in our minds hoping that we'll own it and then have it affect our moods and then our relationships. And the best way is to fire back with scripture or prayer to scare those thoughts away. And that's what Jesus did to the devil in the desert, right? Scripture. It worked, and it worked fast. So now, just to be clear, none of us can stop bad thoughts from coming towards us. It's like birds flying around you. They're up there, but you don't have to let them nest in your hair. Our, our whole family used to go out to uh, County Road 50 there to pick blueberries out in the county. And they had so many birds coming in to eat the berries. But what the farmers used was these propane-fired cannons to scare off the birds. Every 10 minutes or so, bang, and they're all gone. So with our bad thoughts, we just bang off scripture or a prayer to scare them away. Otherwise, those thoughts will nest in our head, then they'll lay eggs, and the next thing you know, you got bird brain. So, for example, when, I'm, when a discouraging thought comes in, I'll overlay it with something like, the Lord is my shepherd, there is nothing I shall want. Or, when I'm really upset with someone and everything in me is wanting to let them have it, and I know at that point I'm useless without God's help, I change my mind, I turn around, repent, and then I pray, Lord, let me see them as you see them. And I pray it over and over until the peace comes back, the peace returns, and I can operate, right? So Ann Landers wrote, if anybody remembers Ann Landers' column years ago, <clears throat> she wrote, hanging on to resentment is like letting someone you despise live rent-free in your head. I say they need to be evicted trick is memorizing a short Bible verse or a short prayer and then vocally speaking those words when necessary. This helps us to do what Jesus commands us to do in this gospel. And the Word of God is alive and active, just like those propane-fired cannons. It's not just black ink on white paper. And it might be necessary in order to turn our life around for us to lose our mind and then replace it with Christ. And I'll leave you with these three simple lines. <clears throat> Look around and be distressed. Look within and be depressed. Look at Jesus and be at rest. Good verses to remember.